This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. When upon life's pillows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord has done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God has done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God hath done Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly And you will be singing as the days go by Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God hath done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God hath When you look at others with their lands and gold Think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold Count your many blessings money cannot buy Your reward in heaven or your home on high Count your blessings, name them one Blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So, amid the conflict, whether great or small. Do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. My Jesus, I love. 
If ever I love thee, my Jesus is now. I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love Welcome, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Duranda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and I'm the bridge minister here. Thanks today to Debbie Tague and Jim Haugerud, our musicians. Thanks to Steve Helling for reading our lessons and sharing the children's message with us. And thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. And many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 a.m. on WPCA radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at wpcaradio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen anytime through our podcast available on your smartphone via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, and to our new services, which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577. 
by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Lauren and Debbie Tagg. In, in honor and in love for the four congregations we get to serve, of Little Falls, Dronda, and Trinity, and Modena Lutheran in Modena, Wisconsin. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We depend on the generosity of listeners like you to keep this broadcast going. A couple of announcements. We'd like to invite you to the Deronda Garage Sale, which will be July 14th, 15th, and 16th. So that's coming up this week and hope you can come and make that a great success. And then July 24th, Little Falls will have their annual chicken dinner. And I hope you can enjoy that meal with us also. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in church, the church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name, and he is present with each of us, wherever we may be. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together. We ask you to participate in our worship service by getting a cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings for the day. And we'll also be celebrating communion, so you may want to have your grape juice or wine and, or bread. We continue our worship, asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in the call to worship, all flesh is like grass and its glory like the flower. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of God endures forever and this is good news. Please join as we confess our sins together and hear the absolution. We confess our sins before God and one another. Saving God, too often we have turned away from you and toward ourselves. We have not had unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart, or a humble mind. We have repaid evil for evil. We have failed to serve. Draw us back into the joy of your beloved community and give us eager hearts to love our neighbors. And I declare to you, God who redeems all flesh gives you new life in Christ and forgives you all your sins. Rejoice in the grace and mercy of God through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. We now call on Jim and Deb to sing again for us. Living below in this old sinful world Hardly a comfort can afford Striving alone to face temptation's sword Where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? for my soul Needing a friend to help me in the end 
Sheltered, protected, no evil can harm me. Resting in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. Under his wings, under his wings, who from his love can shall abide safely abide forever we'll continue with the litany although we have not seen Jesus we love him even though we do not see him now we believe in him and so we rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For we are receiving the outcome of our faith, the salvation of our souls. I'd like to continue with the prayer of the day and ask you to join your hearts with mine. Merciful God, you have given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Sustain us in our difficulties that we might praise your holy name for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue with uh, inviting Steve Helling up here to read our lessons and share the children's message with us. The first reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter five, verses 11 through 12. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here ends the first reading. Good morning, young neighbors. I hope you had a fun July 4th. Summer is still rolling and we got two more months to go. So I have a question for you. How does it feel when someone says untrue things about you? When they insult you? If they persecute you or do mean things to you? What is our normal reaction? Do we get mad? Do we want to strike back in the same way the other people went after us? Our heart beats faster, we get angry, and we prepare for battle. We might say something bad that is not true or literally try to hurt them. This is what happens in these current days, and unfortunately, that's not what we should do. People say things and do things without thinking. They just react. So how well do you think this works out for them? You know, this happened to many people in the Bible, too. Even prophets like Daniel. Do you remember the story of Daniel? King Nebuchadnezzar's advisors got him to pass a law that all had to bow down to him or die. Daniel wouldn't agree to worship King Nebuchadnezzar, and he got caught worshiping God. What happened to him when he wouldn't worship King Nebuchadnezzar instead of God? Do you remember? That's right, he was thrown into the lion's den. King Nebuchadnezzar felt bad about what he did, but the law is the law, and he made that law. The king and the king's men came back in the morning to see if Daniel was still alive. He was. What happened next? The people that lied, persecuted, and insulted Daniel, the king's advisors, were then thrown into the lion's den and were killed by the lions. The king recognized Daniel's God as the God. 
Now let's think about this. When you show your faith in public, you will take the chance of being insulted, lied about, and even persecuted. But Peter tells us in the reading, rejoice and be glad because a great is your reward in heaven. Now I know it will be hard sometimes, but when you share your faith with others and other people start lying and insulting you, it is important to not become just like them. You have a great advantage. You have God on your side. Do your best to stay calm and be faithful to God and Jesus. The devil is in the world and he works very hard to keep people mad at each other. Then they are distracted from thinking clearly. He does this through things like television, radio, and people so we don't learn about or focus on God. Stay calm. Sometimes just showing others that you are different will make a difference. You're not going to convert everyone you meet, but you may be the one that starts them on the right path or continues their, their path to faith. How great is that? To summarize, know that because you have faith in God and Jesus, the devil will work against you in different ways. But don't be afraid. You have God on your side. You can be the person that starts them on the path to faith and salvation. So let's fold our hands and bow our heads for a short prayer. God and Jesus, I know the world will be against me sharing my faith with others. Give me strength to handle the lies and insults that may come from doing so. Keep my faith and love for you strong. I can be the one that brings other people to you so they can discover your peace. In your name we pray. Amen. The second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the exiles of dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in abundance. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you may not have seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that was to be yours made careful search and inquiry, inquiring about the person or time that the Spirit of Christ within them indicated when it testified in advance to the suffering destined for Christ and the subsequent glory. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in regard to the things that now have been announced to you through those who brought you good news by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. 
things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct, for it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you invoke his Father, the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. But the, world of the, the word of the Lord endures forever. That word is the good news that was announced to you. Here ends the second reading. Just a closer walk with thee Precious Savior, still my plea Daily walking close to thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Daily walking close to thee. 
Creator, Spirit, One. As when life was first begun, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Just a closer walk with Thee. Savior, still my plea, daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. And now may the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Last Sunday I shared a little poem that I I will repeat just because it's one that uh, touched me and I hope it will touch you too as we remember who has been so good to us. She was not quite 97 when she died. One who waited at her side heard her say it. Talk for alt. Thank you for everything. It was her homegoing word to God. Like a good guest, she addressed her host. She spoke as one well-taught, well-taught by life, by memory and expectation. To be gift-conscious is to be wise. To know whom to thank is grace indeed. To know the gift and love of the giver, to have learned life's dearest lesson, is to be rich toward God. The text was a long one from First Peter, and uh, I wanted to share a little bit what, again, they gave from the narrative as the theme, but it also kind of pushed me a little bit to uh, think through some other things with that, and I'll share that at the end. Uh, this is really good because it, it hits where a lot of us were at when we were younger, and I hope where we are moving towards, but I don't want it to come off as uh, a gospel that is uh, ignoring the fact that most people that are in our church today are dealing with poverty and other issues. Uh, for us who live in this area, most of us do quite well. Main idea was God acknowledges our suffering and promises hope that we can live in peace and love. As a child, this person said, I learned that the things of God were difficult to come by. A faithful life was one of deprivation, self-control, and constant contrition. I don't know why we teach our kids that, that God is like that. I was terrified of making a misstep. I lived in a strange juxtaposition between fear and love of God, and a big fat heap of self-loathing. 
On first read, this letter of 1 Peter rings similarly. Yes, you're suffering now, but it'll be better in the end. Yes, you must refrain from enjoying the things of life, but it'll be worth it when you get to heaven. I no longer believe God works this way, demanding self-restraint for the prize of salvation. No, the things God asks for us are not of deprivation or flagellation, but are designed to make our lives better, not worse. The people First Peter addressed were already living in fear and danger. First Peter's words of the hope of grace in the days to come would have landed us hope and healing. For us living in a world of abundance and opportunity, these words sound like a recipe for deprivation. But God's hope for us, as for First Peter's readers, is not we all survive and thrive through the difficult times so that we can live with gratitude, abundance, and hope. But God's hope for us, as for First Peter's reader, readers, is that we all survive and thrive through the difficult times so that we can live with gratitude, abundance, and hope. Yes, all flesh is like grass. That doesn't mean our time in the flesh is worthless. It means God wants our time to be here fruitful, even as we move toward an eternal future that is just, peaceful, abundant, filled with love and the presence of God. Life in the flesh can be filled with suffering and end in withering, but God's promise is that life can also be filled with abundance, love, justice, and peace, if not now, then certainly for eternity. I resonate with that as I have to admit that's kind of where I was at growing up. And I, uh, I remember when I decided I was committing my life to Jesus in college, I was thinking I was going to have to give up all the things I enjoy, like sports and basketball. And instead, as time went on, I started to learn that actually it was time to enjoy those things more as a person of faith than to try to give them up. We in the church, yes, we need to talk about discipline and care for things and not always having so much and cutting back. But it also is a call for us to love the gifts that God has given and to be thankful for them and to enjoy them. I smile when I think of C.S. Lewis uh, in a, a Severe Mercy, a book that was written by one of his friends. They talked about getting a a new car, which for them was a, an extravagant thing, and he was, had just been married. But he did an interesting thing. He went out with a hammer and put a dent in the car. Because he said, I don't want you to get in an accident and feel like, or to have me get in an accident and feel like we're to blame. This way, it's already damaged a little bit. We don't have anything to fear or to accuse the other of. There was a, an accident uh, that happened a while back and the lady gets out of the car and she's just devastated. The car was only two days old. She admitted to the other driver that yes, it was her fault. Uh, she had made the mistake and uh, he listened to her and said, you know, I'm sorry, but we still have to exchange registration and all those things for insurance and stuff. And so she goes to the glove compartment and as she opens it, a note falls out with the distinctive writing of her husband. 
And in that note, it says this. Remember, honey, it's you that I love, not the car. Knew what was important in dealing with her, his, hus his wife. With God, too, we need to keep remembering that. That's not the things that we have, but it's the relationships that we have with each other and with God that is really important. So we have this gift of love that God gives us. It is something that allows us to live without just things, but understanding what's really important. Another story, a gift of love from James Dobson from Home with a Heart. Some time ago, a friend of mine punished his three-year-old daughter for wasting a roll of gold wrapping paper. Money was tight and he became infuriated when the child tried to decorate a box to put under the Christmas tree. Nevertheless, the girl brought the gift to her father the next morning and said, this is for you, Daddy. He was embarrassed by his earlier overreaction. But his anger flared up again when he opened the box and it was empty. He yelled at her, don't you know that when you give someone a present, there's supposed to be something inside of it? The little girl looked up at him with tears in her eyes and said, oh, Daddy, it's not empty. I blew kisses in the box. I filled it with my love, all for you, Daddy. The father was crushed. He put his arms around his little girl and he begged for her forgiveness. My friend told me that he kept that gold box by his bed for years. Whenever he was discouraged, he would take out an imaginary kiss. Remember the love of the child who put it there. In a very real sense, each of us as parents has been given a gold container filled with unconditional love and kisses from our children. There's no more precious possession anyone could hold. You could also say that God has given us that box so that we remember his love, his kisses, his care for us, his forgiveness, all those things that we need. It's a gift of love. So we get this gift of love from God to help us move and to enjoy and celebrate life. But God also gives us that gift of hope, a confident trust. Some of us, would rather go back to a hurtful past as opposed to a facing an uncertain future or change. But God gives us a confident trust to know that his promises are true and they will last. One of the interesting things for me is growing up, my dad told stories over and over again and certain ones were jokes. But it was kind of thing that uh, as I got into my, my teenage years, I could tell dad's jokes when he, after he got through with the first word or two. Knew him well. But something happened with that and that they became a ritual for me so that I knew them very well. And it also helped me know my dad. People who know me well will know that I tell certain stories over and over again because it's like a ritual. It's something that is clear, concise, and compelling to bring us to a certain point of understanding gospel in the clearest way possible. The other, oh, earlier this year, doing funerals, which I hadn't done much 
in the past uh, occupation that I had, but I've done 24 or five of them in the last few years. It came to me that there was one part where we say certain things over and over again, but there's one story that fit. So I would tell the story of Jimmy. And I say that again as here today because it's a gift of hope. Jimmy was a young boy who had leukemia. He wasn't doing well, he was in the hospital. In the same hospital came a woman who worked her whole life serving others and caring for them and cleaning bathrooms and making beds and washing clothes. But she was a Christian and she had a way of going about and meeting people. And so when she got better, she started going up and down the hallways, talking to everybody else in the hospital beds and listening to them and, and enjoying them. But her favorite was Jimmy. But one night, the mom of Jimmy came into her room and said, the doctors tell us Jimmy doesn't have long to live. Could you go in and talk to him? She got up out of her bed and walked across the hallway into Jimmy's room. Now she knew, probably, well she knew what to say, but I have to admit, I would have maybe struggled. And I know there were things that I would have talked about in the past that wouldn't have made much sense. It wouldn't make any difference if the twins were leading the AL Sentry or the Timberwolves were improving or that the weather was good or bad. She walked into the room, sat down on Jimmy's bed put his tiny hand in hers and said, Jimmy, God made you. And ah, Jimmy, God loves you. And he sent his son to die for you. And now, Jimmy, God's coming to take you home. Jimmy got up on one elbow and he said, could, could you say that again? So again, she said, Jimmy, God made you. And Jimmy, God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And now, Jimmy, God's coming to take you home. A slight smile came across Jimmy's face. And he said, can you tell God thanks? And then he lay down to go home. I like that story because it reminds me over and over again that God has made me. He loves me, he sent his son to die for me, and someday he'll come to take me home. And therefore I have hope that no matter what else happens in my life or in your life, we have the promises of God that hold us tight and nothing can shake us from it. The last story, or the last thing is, we have the gift of life. And again, one of my favorite stories that I've told all through Africa and here in the United States for kids at camp because it was the clearest message that I, I'd heard from Fellowship of Christian Athletes back in the 1960s or 70s. One of my friends had gone to the conference and had heard, well, he didn't actually hear this guy speak because for a half hour he didn't say anything. But there was quiet as these 2,000 high school and college athletes watched him. You see, Paul Anderson was a strong man. He was considered the strongest man in the world. He was about 5'11", but he weighed 385 pounds. He wasn't the prototype that they'd usually had. And in Russia, where weightlifting was serious, when Paul Anderson walked off the 
uh, airplane as an unknown weightlifter, the Russian coach asked, who's that fat man? And they said that he was a heavyweight weightlifter. And, well, that night the Russian held the world's record and Paul Anderson hadn't lifted hardly at all yet. And the coach said, well, when's your man gonna lift? And Paul Anderson said he was waiting till it got a little heavier. To which the Russian coach retorted, he's not only fat, but he's crazy. But that night, Paul Anderson broke the world's record. You see, Paul Anderson, at 385 pounds, had a 60-inch chest, 28-inch thighs. His muscles would get in the way on his biceps that when he tried touching his head, he couldn't. There's one muscle would get in the way of the other. And so these athletes came to see him, and for the next half hour, they watched as he got eight fellows, sat him on a table, got underneath and lifted it. He got a piece of wood in one hand, a nail or spike in the other, and drove it in with his bare hands. He proceeded to lift weights, and by the time he was through, every young person in that audience was convinced that he was the strongest man in the world. Then Paul Anderson started to walk off, turned around and made one statement. I could not live a day without Jesus Christ. And he walked off. He'd made his point. To know Jesus is to know life, as Paul said in the New Testament. On that same stage later, they wheeled out a guy who, at the age of 18, was a world champion, pole vaulter. He had been pole vaulting and uh, had won the record, and one of his things that he did for training was working on the trampoline. It was one afternoon, he was jumping on the trampoline and he made a mistake and he came off and he uh, fell off the trampoline and he broke his neck. And Brian Stenberg said, I knew I was paralyzed and my first thought was, God, I wanna die. But that day as he spoke from his wheelchair, he said, in some ways that accident was the best thing that happened to me. Because all my life I had been independent, I didn't need anybody, and for sure I didn't need God. But now I have to have help in eating and doing the simplest things in life. But through my Christian girlfriend and others, I became to know, I came to know this Jesus who loves and cares for me. And in that, I am happy. I know Brian probably had struggles after that, but it's kind of a neat thing to put what you consider maybe one of the weakest men in the world to one of the strongest men of the world on the stage and hear that Jesus is life. You see, that's the gift we have. Not a deprivation, not of not enjoying or celebrating life, but knowing Jesus and knowing him. We have a hope, we have love, and we have life. Amen. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me
was my cry Dark midnight was my cry Dark midnight was my cry Give me Jesus Just about the break of day Just about the break of day We continue as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Continue with the prayers of the church. Assured of God's promise to redeem all creation, through Christ we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Christ's redemption is not reserved for human beings, but is for all that you have made. Help us to care for your beloved creation, honoring, protecting land, water, and sky. Faithful God, hear our prayer. Keep us ever mindful of those who still suffer persecutions for their commitment to you. Spur us to action on their behalf that we might have the freedom to worship you. Faithful God, hear our prayer. Holy God, we place all for whom we pray into your loving care, trusting in the promise of your salvation. Amen. And now may the peace of Christ be with you always. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. The offering prayer is, Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love, through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So as we celebrate communion, we would ask that you would take the bread and hear the words. In the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. 
And after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it for all of them to drink, saying, This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of men. When we eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So take and eat and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread wafer as you eat it. Hear the promise from Jesus. This is my body broken for you. Now take the wine and grape juice and hear this promise from Jesus. This is my blood shed for you. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you a favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be not dismayed, whatever God will take care of you. Beneath His wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Nothing you ask will be denied. God will take care.